Today's show is brought to you by Sulphur, a unisex fragrance for the monster who is evil and wants the world to know it. The wonderful scent of brimstone with just a hint of blood and burning flesh is suitable for a murder spree, a haunting, or just a night out on the prowl. Available at fine retailers everywhere. Sulphur, I wear it. So should you. Welcome to the Lit Gaming Arena podcast, a spooky version of the Lit Gaming Arena podcast. This is, of course, October 1st, and we're doing something special this month. We are we, we joined up with an awesome group, an awesome event called All the Horror, and it's just a bunch of podcasts that are planning to do an episode every day of the month, and we're going to just uh, help each other out and promote each other all this month, and it's just everything that's spooky related. There's a different show every single month, uh, or every single day of the month, and you can uh, check that out. There's a website, allthehorror18.wixsite.com slash event, and you can see some of the podcasts, as well as find the merchandise that they're selling to support a channel. Charity, I believe the charity is uh, Scares That Care. Is that it? I believe that's it. Um, and today we have joining us is Tim from the Cabinet Podcast. Hello, gamers. How you doing? <laughs> and we have David from Dos After You. Hola. How are you doing? <laughs> yes, he is, he is from Madrid. It's very, very cool. And of course, I am Justin and my co-host here is Marcus. As always, I'm always here. Always. You're, well, you're the best guest just, on the show. Yes, as always, I'm just the best guest. <laughs> you're the best. We've always said, with, this has always been the thing with the show. He's our number one guest and he's our number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so with uh, the spooky stuff being the theme of the month, um, and we are a video game podcast, I wanted to dive into the world famous Slender Man which is probably one of my favorite things to uh, come out of the internet, which I, for, I, I, I completely forgot even, even being like a fan of Slender Man, I completely forgot this came from something awful. Yeah. Crawled its way out of the internet. <laughs> it crawled. Something <laughs> awful. Yes. Yeah. And this uh, comes from, it actually originated from a dude named Eric Knudsen under the name Victor Surge. Yeah, it's uh, actually, it's actually a, he was, it was a Photoshop, but they were challenging themselves on the forum. Yeah. They were basically just going, you know, seeing who could scare each other the most and out comes Slenderman from all of that. Yeah. I wonder who won that. How uh, Mary Shelley's like Frankenstein started because that was just. You know, a bunch of authors trying to spook each other. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's it's really it's really interesting that it, it spawns so much. I mean, it, he did just a good enough job, and I mean, obviously, in like in interviews afterwards, he stated stuff how he wanted to invoke like Lovecraftian horror, which I mean, that's definitely like you're invoking fear and and um, terror. He wants to terrorize with his his concept, and that's what a lot of people people were really drawn to this thing that he created this creepy slender man and lots of tentacles <laughs> lots of tentacles yes <laughs> speaking of lovecraftian yep yeah, yeah that's it's almost a yeah that's a lovecraftian trope um without hopefully minus yeah hopefully without the racism <laughs> yeah, yeah no 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 racism it's a, no classes it's system. a scary for everyone everywhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah this is this is a in in all in all encompassing horror that you the whole family can enjoy um yeah this spawned so much stuff i mean there's all the creepy pastas that came out of it all the the fan fiction essentially is what what happened, and I mean the fan art and cosplay, um, and actually the thing that I thought was interesting was the fact that Slenderman got like the the concept was adapted into Minecraft before it was ever made into a, an actual game with the Enderman. I thought yes. that was, that's yes. interesting. Yeah, because I for some reason I remember the game being earlier than that, but I was wrong. But yeah, that that in 2011 is when I guess I, I didn't mention the date of when it actually started. I was in 2009, June 10th, 2009 is when that came out of something awful. And then in 2011, it was sort of adapted into Minecraft as like just some tall, creepy black thing that just picked up blocks and moved them around and would attack you if you looked at him. I, I never really thought of Enderman and Slenderman connecting. That's a that's a good connection. <laughs> they share a but, part of a name together, you know. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Chop he, that. Chop the SL off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which then ended up turning into he created this whole zone world in Minecraft called the Ender, which is where you go to defeat the dragon, where he arbitrarily created the 1.0 version of the game saying okay well you beat the dragon that's the game so now it's one version 1.0 <laughs> it wasn't really <laughs> much of a for me that game was just the whole building and the store and there's the get the story or beating it was not anything i cared about but then what was it slender man the the eight pages which yeah, is just yeah, like slender man the eight pages is the one yes. I, I i recognize the most yes yeah that's the original the first and it was like browser based and built in unity <laughs> it yes. was the very early days of unity before they just became more valuable than epic games just this week Ooh. which was very interesting um so that game within the first month of release it was downloaded over two million times Wow. Didn't it have a sequel too. It was called like to Slenderman the Arrival. Yep, yep. That is the sequel. It came out a year later. Um, the Eight Pages was in 2012, and the Eight Pages came out in 2013. Um, and there has been a whole slew of games that have come out since those. I like um, when you die. That Slenderman kind of seems like he's coming out of the TV. 
And, yeah, yeah. Then, <laughs> and then it's yeah. like, for some reason, and, within the fan art and fan fictions, that it's always like people really sexualize these cryptids. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, yes. oh my god, he's gonna crawl out of the TV and have sex with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Golly, yeah. Like with even with Ben drowned and Jeff the killer. And, <laughs> yeah. They've got all these sexy versions of them like, in the fan art. It's not, it's just not right. I mean, I mean they, it's, they, it's they the internet. Moth, man. Yeah, it's internet and also has tentacles. It's kind of asking for it, you know? So. <laughs> Definitely oh, the, the internet was asking for it, huh? No. <laughs> it's Lenderman, <laughs> yes. It's Lenderman, yes. <laughs> so uh, slim, you know? <laughs> you just can't say no to that, no? <laughs> Uh, he's well dressed too. Yeah, yeah yes. he's quite dapper. Yes. Yeah. Always wanted to be molested by a tall man in a suit. Great. Oh god. <laughs> oh, god. Yeah. I mean, may maybe that is why it's so uh, worldwide recognizable. You know, you, you can always pinpoint someone in your culture close to that. So it's scary. Yeah. I also yeah. think the fact yeah. that his face is like it's just a void. Yes. <laughs> With no features. And I'm like, I think that probably also gives it some universal like connection as a touchstone. Yeah, you can, you can place any any face onto Anyone it that you could want. Be Slender Man, as long as they're really tall. I'm Slender Man. <laughs> You're not tall enough. Oh, wait, I'm not tall. Bad. I'm not tall enough. Shit. I got stilts. No. <laughs> I have tentacles somewhere. <laughs> no, but it is actually considered the first piece of folklore that it's. Uh, that it has happened all around the world, thanks to the memes and thanks to fan fiction and fan art and the games, obviously. But something like the first thing that was shared through the internet and has become a piece of folklore and of piece of culture of the internet. So it is quite interesting yeah. to to see how it is so simple. And I think we will talk about this uh, about the game about also its simplicity, but so effective and so extendable i don't know how to say yes it's yeah it's really cool how it, it took on a life of its own like it spread so mm. fast and before you knew it like all the youtubers were playing the game and and reacting to it because that was like reaction was like kind of like the thing back then it's still a thing it never went away but i mean that's um and and that it gained a lot of exposure through the video game because I before that even it didn't seem like it was everywhere up until after the games came out and then everybody really went crazy for it because all their favorite YouTubers were playing the game and reacting to it and like man what do I do I just walk around and collect these um, these uh, these pages and something that I really thought was interesting about the game is that you don't really notice it at first but your flashlight starts getting dimmer over time as the game goes on like you're like it's getting harder to see which really plays into the whole lovecraftian like you're kind of going insane sort of trope where you you don't realize that something is happening until it's it's you're like already terrified and now the slender man is after you at every turn it's As also interesting that uh, a lot of other cultures have, like, they have cryptids that, it's one of these things where there's cryptids within, like, Native American culture and especially German culture where it's the a tall, like, essentially a tall man in the woods 
Yes. And that's yeah. kind of now been appropriated into the Slenderman myth. Yeah, I saw that. There's, um, there was a specific tried. Let me see if I can find that real quick. I'm not finding it. I can't remember what the tribe was. Let me see if I can control F. The Oglala Sioux tribe um, had a um, spirit that they call the suicide spirit that was similar to the Slender Man, and they describe it as the big man, as a messenger warning that society is developing in a dangerous direction. Which, mm, which wow. then makes the Slender Man thing, if you correlate it to that, much creepier to be like, is it like a weird harbinger in some way? Yeah, yeah, because in, in 2015, with that same tribe in the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, um, there was like a, a epidemic of suicide attempts by people aged from 12 to 24, and they, they mostly attributed it, it to that spirit. Wow. That's, that's interesting yes. that there's just, that there's such a, this could have a deeper origin that we don't even know about that even the author may not know about. Yeah. Um, like, um, Eric Knudsen, he, it's almost like he unlocked something within us <laughs> that day in 2009. I mean, it kind of is, it falls a little under like collective unconscious belief and that like, yeah, you know, just, or I mean, any kind of tulpa is kind of in that space. Of we we group think this thing into existence in a way, yeah. Um, and when I mentioned the Slender Man to uh, Tim here, you'd mentioned the 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 what was it paranormal topo theory? Yeah, there's a there's a theory out there that if you believe in something hard enough and you know long enough, mm. that you'll you'll create this thought form out of nothing. And um, you know, I'm kind of a skeptic. I don't I don't believe it. But the the original theory is that. The spiritualist of the, the 20th century took some, you know, basically took some Tibetan Himalayan beliefs uh, in Buddhism in that form of Buddhism, uh, molded them into what they wanted and uh, basically believed that they could create, um, you know, something out of nothing, you know, uh, either a friend or, uh, you know, a, a helping spirit at that point in time. And so. The the earliest that I I could research was an it was this woman named Angelica David Neal, um, and she was basically you know a French spiritualist, and she believed that she had a, um, you know she could this thought form she created was like this uh you know Friar Tuck type of uh jolly fat monk that would follow <laughs> her around and and be her friend, but then she said as it went on. Um, she couldn't control this uh, creature anymore, and it would eventually, it became more sinister, and she had to destroy it at some point. And so it even, you know, the idea of a thought form goes into the idea of, like, some some portions of Aleister Crowley's, uh, you know, um, you know his his religion and his uh, writings on the occult. And, uh, any, you know, it's basically rooted in, you know, a lot of people attribute it to, you know, raw, you know, tribute to, to Tibetan Buddhism, but it's mainly um, rooted in, uh, you know, a, cor a corruption of that idea by uh, Western spiritualism. Small known fact that Aleister Crowley invented anal sex. Whoa. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it was the Greeks. Uh, I, I don't know about that. 
God damn it, Marcus. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay. No, but that was, yeah. About that story, um, it's kind of interesting because I'm actually a psychologist. So I think the idea that we can create something if we believe hard enough uh, um, on it, you, it doesn't have to exist, actually, because the brain is just so strange in a way that it doesn't have to be real for us to really believe. If you just want to believe, and we have seen this happens across things like religion or any other kind of phenomena through uh, different cultures, um, if people believe hard enough and think that is true, then where do you separate uh, what's real from fiction? And I think the Slenderman also had a lot to do with this because it relates to something so primal, you know, like the dark and being watched and preying on children. That is something quite um, extended in uh, in short stories and things like that for children to scare them. Uh, and the fact that it was something that it, it was consumed by very young people because in 2009... There were a lot of 12-year-olds on the internet. I think I was 15, so <laughs> I was kind of <laughs> at that age. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. we had games. It was on Minecraft. So who was on Minecraft? Young people. And they got access to the Slenderman and then the game. And because it was scary and it because it was thrilling, everyone wanted to play. And it was like this idea, this character was kind of implanted on our cultural thinking or a cultural brain and it gained a lot of energy and it may not be real but it like the power and the effect that it could have on people it was quite real and i think it, like in the u.s you have some <laughs> some proof of that so yeah we it is it was really it's really interesting because it was it was a free game that you could play and then combined with the fact that all their everyone a lot of younger people are into the youtubers and the let's players that that play the video games such as a pewdiepie or a markiplier um they they watch these guys play these games and then they realize oh i can play this game because it's free and so then they go play it and that really just it really propagated it um in that that fashion i mean and that becomes like slender man also being as memes are thought viruses and yes. then the the moment i at least feel where slender man crosses from being just this fictitious piece of media to being real and having real power influence and energy is with the slender man killings that happened yes where i absolutely i absolutely agree with that mm -hmm. yeah well, I don't know if it was really a killing. It was it was a stabbing. Uh, it was attempted. an attempted murder. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it because like I mean, once again, kids believed firmly enough in Slenderman and tried to make a sacrifice to basically a false deity in some way in their eyes, and and that's where it crosses from. Once again, this just like a fun fiction into very visceral reality. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. I mean, of course, like it, it's very disturbing that it happened with children but and all i could glean from that whole story is that it's it serves as very telltale signs of just being like watch what your kids are up to like yeah don't just let them browse the internet like uh, consuming without like some kind of filter or 
talking with them. You want to always have a dialogue with your kids. Yeah, like uh, that those that stabbing happened in Waukesha, Washington. In mm-hmm. on May 31st, 2014, it was two 12 year old girls that stabbed another 12 year old classmate 19 times. And they reportedly claimed that they wished to commit a murder as a first step to becoming proxies for the Slender Man, having read it online. And that all, and it really comes out with like showing like the age, like the, the, the age of these girls was that they also said that they conversed with Lord Voldemort, Voldemort and one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, absolutely. It's. And they, Go ahead. They wanted to be like spirited away to his weird cabin in the woods, basically, and live yeah. in his mansion, so to speak. I, I didn't know he lived in a mansion, but I guess with a suit that nice, you would. Uh, <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> well, here's here's what's also interesting about that story. They also believe that, you know, once they lived in the mansion, they could couldn't, you know, had some say in what he would what the, you know what the slender man would do next who he, you know, they didn't want him to hurt people. So they, they believe by, you know, stabbing this girl, they were saving other people, which was, you know, kind of, it's kind of twisted and kind of, you know, <sighs> yeah, that it, is interesting. And I wonder like, what exactly were they reading that they got that idea? <laughs> I don't know because here, you know, I, we start talking about the house in the woods and things like that. And then you start getting into, you know, other folklore from around the, the world, you know, you get into, you know, the story of Baba Yaga, the witch who lives in the walking house that goes around, you know, that the that Russian culture is so into. And that's just an, you know, that's just an interesting piece of the lore that might have got, you know, stuck in there into some other, you know, into some other point um, from from another story, you know, from another story. How, you know, this, you know, Internet folklore is taking a piece from every piece of folklore from around the world and uh, trying to make make a, a cohesive story out. It is quite interesting that yeah. they said like a cabin in the woods because that's literally the two main uh, contexts that you find for horror. It's a house and a forest. So <laughs> those are the main settings. Places way too big or, pl- or places way yeah. too small that you can live. So... <laughs> and another interesting thing I, I thought about this case where the, the girls were... They, they were actually charged, sort of, or one of them. Um, she alleged that she was she didn't know what she was doing. She pled insanity essentially, um, but they they did um, determine that she was mentally Ill, Ill during the attack and would spend three years in a mental hospital. Mm-hmm. And the other girl was sentenced to be institutionalized for twenty five years. Yes, yes. And one that, of you know, them that, suffers from schizophrenia. Oh, that's okay. And that, I mean, this gets into my day job outside of podcasting. I'm a you know, uh, I, I was a criminal defense attorney and I'm a prosecutor. Now. Oh, OK. That's interesting. And so, you know, to get to that point, um, you're basically, you know, this is this is some intense litigation, especially at that age. They have to go from, you know, you're having to take 12 year olds from yeah. you know, being tried as juveniles. Now you're trying them as adults. And now you're going to have to go. You have to have them evaluated uh, beforehand. And you just have to go through all those motions, uh, those court motions. And basically get them evaluated. So um, eventually you're at a point where you're, you know, you're you're talking about years of litigation for this, the, the victim in this case, to have to wait and get to that point. And it's still not ending because there's still appeals out there about whether statements were taken correctly or whether, you know, whether they were old enough to do that. And I think David, you know, in his psychology background, and this is something they've 
they've taught us at continuing legal education um, over the years is that, you know, the juvenile brain is not fully formed until, you know, until the 20, into well into the twenties. And sometimes there, there, there's a more impulsive thought process than a more, um, in the, than a more thought, thought based process where you sit down and think about that. But the interesting thing about this is, um, it wasn't really an impulsive killing. It was a very thought based process, very premeditated. And so, um, where they thought about Slender Man, where they thought about plans of taking the the victim, taking her to, um, you know, the woods and taping her mouth shut so she couldn't scream, or maybe one day taking her to a you know a bathroom uh, where there mm. were drains and stuff so the blood could be cleaned up. I mean, it's yeah. things you bring out in court to you know as evidence of premeditation, and it's not really one day we had a wild hair and we we stabbed our friend like most juvenile crimes. Yeah, you think that would very happen, well planned we, out. Absolutely. Yeah, and it did something take a long time. Con- something confusing about this is even when they were being like interrogated, uh, like uh, pretty much immediately after the stabbing, th- they both of them kept being like, "I hope she's okay." And it's like, yeah, you stabbed her like so many <laughs> 19 times. That's times. ridiculous. And yeah. One of them, even after incarceration, has said like, oh, we're still friends. And it's like you, you stabbed this person several times. You are not friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that that kind of shows how they were just 12. And yeah. Also, what is really interesting, I, I was talking about this with a friend today. He's also a psychologist and he knows a little bit more about schizophrenia than I do. And he told me it is quite interesting because the fact that Slenderman is created to be a, this distorted figure, uh, a lot of things that have to do with distortion and hallucinations and schizophrenia here comes in uh, are in relation with these distortions and these things that you know are um, not what you see, but you still see them. Uh, so I think it was like just the perfect field for this particular kid to just her her mind was probably just going with emotions and yes he had schizophrenia but he was he was too young still to be diagnosed or even for the parents to kind of notice um this is where it gets interesting with that is that she she was undiagnosed with schizophrenia but her father had yes like really aggressive schizophrenia and I mean, and then this becomes like leading up to the the stabbing that she had very like you get into the space of false memories. So Mm. I'm sure she had, you know, hallucinated or visualized, you know, things. But then, of course, like when reading the creepypasta was misremembering the thing she saw and attributing it to be like, oh, I was visited by Slender Man or like I see Slender Man all the time, Um, even if it could have been like some other apparition of some kind but just memories are so malleable and Mm. like false memories exist and are so abundant that it it obviously then just give once again it fuels this into ending up in the very violent way it did yeah just as they were exposed to a lot of violence through these creepypastas because at some point you start reading i mean maybe (laughs) people that have been always kind of into murders and thrillers and all of these. I mean, when I was 12 or 13, I think I started watching Dexter and my parents kind of 
found out and they were so mad about yeah. it. Like you're <laughs> too young to be watching this and things like that, you know. And I now understand that maybe I was too young. I was it, it really makes a difference if you have friends, if you have peers, how your parents react to things. Um, right now, I'm a big, big horror fan. Um, like I watch Hannibal to sleep sometimes because it suits me. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's the point where I am. Yeah. But I, if you're 12 and you don't have many friends and you are a little bit vulnerable to some meltdown mental difficulties and things like that or schizophrenia you have that history but you don't know because sometimes parents also don't talk about these things we don't know at what level she knew about her dad things like that well and it was what we were talking about it was that moment in time where a lot of kids were doing really strange things on the internet and parents didn't know what to do like <laughs> they didn't know if they were being too um uh, I don't know, like controlling their kids too much, yeah. too less. Like here in Spain, we had a case uh, that is, it kind of relates to the internet. Like we had one um, kid that killed, I think it was his grandma or his, uh, someone in his family with a katana. So here in the media in Spain, everyone went like, kids cannot watch anime and Japanese animation because this <laughs> is what they will do, you know? So there were like all the adults in the time were struggling a lot and in the meantime the internet was being creeper and creeper <laughs> yeah on a broad that, up, you get like, that moral uh, oh, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. oh. <laughs> you, you get that moral you get oh you get that moral panic going like that yes. the satanic panic from the 1980s like where everybody was like you're, you're playing dungeon and dragons in the 1980s yes yeah and all of a sudden everybody's like well, Dungeons and Dragons, it's all about Satan and spellcasting. And that's not yeah. what Dungeons and Dragons was about. It was about, you know, building a world around, you know, you know, themes in like J.R.R. Tolkien and things like that. Because you go back and the, you know, the races and the characters inside that game are, are you know, based completely off Tolkien. It's not based off Satanism. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say it was like essentially a second wave satanic panic. So it's it's interesting mm. that we had the same thought process. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, good. Yeah, because there's there's several things where uh, in June 2014, a 13 year old daughter attacked um, her a woman with a knife. And I linked that to her. Um, be reading uh, Slenderman stuff, and then a 14-year-old girl uh, set her family's house on fire while her mother and nine-year-old were inside, and that also linked that to Slenderman, and and then I mentioned earlier the epidemic of suicides was mm -hmm. one of those things where they attributed to Slenderman that was part of that. And one other thing I wanted to mention, too, before we move too far on, but regarding the two girls that stabbed their, their quote-unquote friend, um, the original creator of Slenderman, Eric Knudsen, had made a statement uh, saying, I'm deeply saddened by the tragedy in Wisconsin and my heart goes out to... Um Oh, I lost my spot here. Oh, my heart goes out to the families of those affected by this terrible act. He did not give any further interviews regarding the matter. But what's interesting to me is the date he gave the uh, statement was on... June 4th, 2014, which is actually the 10 year anniversary of the killdozer. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> the, well, <laughs> which, that documentary with the, with, 
is that that's the incident where the documentary tread is based around where the guy yeah. made yes yes made, made the tank out of the bulldozer that's interesting <laughs> yes that was that and i i that one is closer to me because that were that happened i mean two states away from that where i am and i remember seeing it happen live on tv as it went down um that was only 14 at the time so that kind of stuck with me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can understand that so when I saw that date, I was like, oh, that's very interesting. <laughs> it just happened to give that statement on the 10 year anniversary of the Killdozer. Um, but yeah, I, the Slender Man stuff is really interesting. And we kind of have almost a Slender Man like 2.0 happening right now with Siren Head. I don't know if either I've we've discussed it on our show a little bit, but have you guys um, been are you aware of Siren Head at all? I am not aware of Siren Head. You you basically when you uh, brought it up in the pre-interview, I was like, "What is a Siren Head?" Because I feel like, <laughs> you know, here here I am. I'm the guy that's supposed to be up on this stuff. It's you know does the video games and creepy pasta mashup podcast. Well, it, it brings I, it all back to the kids. I mean, I have a son who's six years old, and I found out about Siren Head because of him. <laughs> I, I oh had, man, I had no idea, and I will say that sometimes things. Uh, come to Spain a little bit later, but right now, like I knew about Slenderman because of my little brother, not so oh, little okay. anymore. Um, and actually, when we talk about the Slenderman, this was the first time ever I played because I was uh. <laughs> not into jump scare kind of games. Yeah, like I I used to play a lot of Resident Evil, but with my brother by my side and Last of Us too. So <laughs> <laughs> like I've always been more kind of a Final Fantasy kind of guy. Um, yeah. How did you like the game, by the way? Did, did it, what did it make you feel when you played it? <laughs> did okay, you feel so, <laughs> yeah, so a lot of my friends told me, please tell me that you recorded yourself. And I'm really sad <laughs> that I didn't because oh, it no. would have been amusing. Um, so I love horror. But I'm more of a thriller and psychological horror kind of person. Yeah, so, that's me too. Yeah, I avoid jump scare things. Like, I, I pretend they don't exist. So that, that's why Slenderman, I knew about it. I knew, like, in the distance. So this was, like, a good opportunity to be just like, okay, connect with things that are of my generation. <laughs> but I never played. <laughs> uh, so I asked one friend to, to just, like, serve um the screen with me in discord just like i don't want to play alone because i'm already going to play at night and i shouldn't be doing this at <laughs> night so uh we shared the screen i started and like i was trying to talk the whole time like oh you know like the music oh the music really really you in i mean it's really simple but i was scared the whole time anytime that i found a page i just grew more and more and more scared <laughs> and <laughs> I remember at this point at the game, because at first I was kind of like, you know, like I found the page on the tree, the page on one uh, kind of uh, small cubicle and a page on a truck. And then I saw like um, a corridor. And I was talking to my friend, like, I'm not going in. <laughs> and he was like, there's probably a pitch inside. I was like, I'm not going in because I usually don't play with uh, my PC. I'm more of a, I don't PlayStation, Switch, uh, Nintendo, but I usually don't play much with my, with my PC. So I was just like, I don't know how to run properly. This is going to be such a bad idea. I screamed so hard when it came, <laughs> when this Slenderman <laughs> appeared, that um, my dad just crossed the house and opened the door like, 
what happened? I was like, I'm doing something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> so that's what's happening. And I played another game because I was just like, okay, I just got two pages. I at least want to do four before just chicken out. <laughs> and I got to four. I avoided the critters a lot. And then the Slenderman got me in the forest like quite fast. So I was, I was even grateful for that. It was like, oh, okay, it was fast. I, I, I hardly didn't see him. <laughs> Um, and I was sweating the whole time. I was super scared. I was amazed at how simple and how effective it is. Like, yeah, it's it's very simple and very effective. On, on a creative level. Uh, so I was thinking how it was so easily um, spread outside of English speaking uh, countries. And I just realized that the, um, the rules that you have are so simple, you know, like everyone who knows basic English know what pages are, run, and, you know, like the pages were like quite simple. Uh, so anyone who knew basic, basic, basic English could uh, play and understand what was happening. So I, I was quite amazed at how simple and effective it is. And I think I've never been more scared with a video game in my life. <laughs> I wouldn't do it again. Like I, I have to be paid to, to play again. <laughs> Isn't that what's great about the whole Slenderman thing yes. is that it started out as this simple, just uh, a guy photoshops a picture and then the game follows suit as being, you know, equally simple. It doesn't get complicated. It doesn't get, you know, too, too deep into this like deep well of mythos. It just basically is just simple. It's just the scary image that lurks in the background. Mm. Yeah, it's and it, the same thing happened with the the siren head thing. Um, so this is relatively new. It's actually two days ago was the two year anniversary of the inception of Siren Head. It didn't well, have a name. Happy birthday to him. Yeah, happy birthday, Siren Head. <laughs> and um, this was actually it was an image created by an artist named Trevor Henderson. He posted a tweet with kind of like a fake caption, and it was just this. It was like a, a forest looking area with some rocks. And there's just like this creepy, tall looking thing, like skeleton looking thing with super long arms. But instead of a head, it just has two opposing facing uh, uh, sirens facing opposing ways. And like it's a game developing studio immediately picked that up and <laughs> made a game by October 31st of that same year of wow. with that with that character. So that was super fast turnaround on that one. So it's like it's like Slenderman, but it's happening at a faster rate <laughs> than Slenderman did. And it, that's, sorry, what? That's cra that's crazy because like you just got. You, I mean, basically, I've seen this image like in memes and stuff. And I'm like, what the heck is that? And I was like, this is so weird. And then I did not realize it had already taken on that big of a life yet. Yeah, yeah, he's always been there. He's always he's always been in the memes and. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you see like several images where it's like Slender Man standing within a bunch of trees and stuff like that. It's very creepy. Um, and then it started making its way into mods. Like someone actually made a really good Fallout 4 mod with Slender Man where you actually have to go and fight Slender Man. And it's actually really creepy because <laughs> you just hear the siren sounds in the background as you're approaching it. And um it's like playing all sorts of like different types of sirens and it's playing like uh, emergency alert type sounds. So it, it's, it, it's that alone usually instills fear in the people just hearing like sirens and emergency signals and stuff like that. And, uh, which, 
which version do you like better? Do you like the version where, because I, I, looking at the images that I've seen, there's there's like the fleshy siren head with his sirens are fleshy and they got teeth and stuff. Yeah, I definitely don't like that version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there's like this regular siren head that's got like, you know. He kind of looks like a telephone pole. He's got that weird pole. body. Yeah, he looks like a telephone pole and it's got regular sirens coming. Yeah, I like that's the version I like that the fleshy one. I'm not a fan of, um, but it's 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 been in all sorts of memes like and it got uh, really popular this year uh, in April because someone had made a bunch of like TikTok memes of it. They filmed like a kind of like a populated area, but there's just this super tall siren head in the background moving about. But then they also did like they they did like several versions of this, like somewhere it's just kind of creepy moving around. But he also he also did the one he also did one where Slenderman or Slender uh, Siren Head was doing the um, the Fortnite dance, like the OG <laughs> Fortnite dance. Oh man, <laughs> with the music and everything. And I just I when I saw that I died laughing. <laughs> <laughs> like of, of course, this is what modern culture would create. It takes something creepy yes. and turn it into a Fortnite meme. Yes. You got him out there flossing and everything else. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is one of them flossing too. Oh man! But I yeah, had actually, just, yeah, no, on. I had actually uh, seen the the TikToks, but I didn't know this was another thing. Now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very very strange stuff. So it's just every couple of years we get a new cryptid. So we have Slenderman, mm. then Momo, and then yeah, oh, Momo. I forgot yes. about Momo. True, true. Wow, Momo, man. <laughs> I did a whole episode on Momo. Jeez. <laughs> and what's yeah messed up? That's one that I didn't know was a cryptid until like way after it happened. I just remember seeing like the artist uh, that 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 made that creepy statue thing. Um, like I always, I, whenever I saw it, I knew that's, it was just someone's statue that they had made some creepy, like what they call it, the bird or something like that. It was like, it was basically, you know, it's, 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 it's an art installation in Japan. Basically yeah. what it was supposed to be was like, you know, just the guy that made it, you know, a weird, weird sculpture. Well, then people took it. They ran with it. They, yeah. they basically turned it into this whole story about Momo. Momo's going to contact you via, I think it was WhatsApp. I don't rec- I don't recall or Facebook or yeah, one of, I think you know, it was just the whatever. Guys. Yeah, whatever the, they could contact people with. But but it ended up being what's really twisted about Momo is it ended up Momo ended up being, you know, transformed into, uh, you know, a suicide challenge for kids. And several kids lost their lives believing in Momo, just as some people believed in Slenderman. And uh, there were stories in South America and it became kind of a scare at the end of the day about, you know, once again, when these panics rose up about if your kid's talking to Momo, you need to, you know, check his phone because he may commit he or she may commit suicide um, down, you know, down the line because yeah. Momo will tell them to do that. Yeah. And even here, there were a couple um, people here where their parents posting on Facebook that they got their kids were getting these Momo messages. And it, it ultimately turned out that it was just some other students pranking other students. Um, because they had already <laughs> seen the Momo stuff. That's quite the prank when it leads to somebody killing yeah. themselves. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was crazy. It's crazy stuff. Um, 
Yeah, I think these cryptids just they, they just keep popping up, and uh, it, and it is like the the weird like we get like the satanic panic every couple of years of people freaking out about this, and it's always the kids like because like I said, I didn't know about Siren Head, and if it wasn't for like my kid just watching like he he it progresses through a weird thing. He started watching these YouTube videos called Monster School, which just depicts. Um, the, uh, the Minecraft monsters. So you get all the monsters from Minecraft and they're, they're in school and they're just doing these things. But then it starts evolving into, Oh, now they're going they're They're going to granny's house and they have to, uh, <laughs> they have to avoid g- getting murdered by granny. And each monster takes a turn trying to do that. And then siren head appears and all these other ones appeared. And he started getting into that. And then he started getting into like tornadoes. And then he, then he got into siren head <laughs> It's very strange stuff. It it feels like really internet like, you know, like you just click on something and you uh, let YouTube run <laughs> and you keep watching yeah. videos that are linked and just getting more and more and more into the story, which is kind of what happened with yeah. Slenderman and all the creepypasta. And yeah. before you know, uh, there are really strange things that you're seeing that you shouldn't be seeing and it's all there for the kids. <laughs> yeah. And, it's because he doesn't even adults, have an, a, yeah. He, he doesn't even have an account or anything. It's all just like, he'll watch one video and then like, this is like the related video. So then he just watches the, the next video and it eventually leads down this hole where he, now he's obsessed with siren. Head. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's the rabbit hole, man. We, we start out at one point and we keep going deeper and deeper and mm. then we're in wonderland and we don't know where we're at at that point. Yeah. <laughs> And he'll say stuff like he's so into like the video game aspect of these things where like he'll just come up to me and be like, did you know that when there's some really dark clouds, that's and it gets windy. That's when a tornado spawns. <laughs> yes, that's when tornadoes. Spawn. Yeah, like they manifest out of nowhere. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's and that started that kind of started with you. There was a, a tornado Minecraft mod, and he was watching oh. videos of that. And so that's when he got into tornadoes, and then that transcended into Monster School and Siren Head kind of at the same time. See, and I only worry about the once again, this like kind of like Tulpa aspect behind these cryptids and the fact that they yes. are spawning out of the internet and faster because- at a faster rate, even. Yeah, well, because anybody can add to the narrative. And then once again, kids, because the way that YouTube videos just like autoplay that you, and it's hard to monitor fully what they're getting into, where I think kids always have like some weird fascination with like it's like a taboo to be yeah. interested in like a boogeyman or just mm. something creepy. But like in in my youth, we had, you know, like scary stories to tell in the dark or uh, alone in the dark or, or are you afraid of the dark? Like goosebumps, like mm. those things. But the thing about those scary stories is that they're coming from an authored like book or like a TV show that's designed specifically for kids. So it didn't have a chance to spiral out of control and get as dark as some of these cryptids do because it's so just tailored by and edited by like, it's going through a filter. And then of course with the internet, it like nothing is filtered and it's extremely raw. 
Yes. And that that's where I think danger gets injected into this. And even if it's IPs that aren't inherently that way, like the number blocks, where I said that he got into the number block show on Netflix and then these people are doing like number blocks animations. And even though like sometimes they're they're like they it's like they mean well, but they're really low quality and very creepy to me. Like just the way that they're animated and and the quality of the animation, I just get really like creeped out when I see these videos for some reason. Yeah, but also is what you're saying. Like they've been filtered. Like when we were watching, I don't know, uh, any kind of show, or I remember watching when I was twelve, uh, Nightmare in Elma Street. Uh, for fun <laughs> with <a> <laughs> mind, or reading Goosebumps because I read Goosebumps in Spanish for a long time those were you know like a book and, and you, you knew it was a book or you knew it was a movie it could scare you but even if you were little and you still didn't know real from fiction you could say that's a movie that's a book you know so if your parents told you that's not real because it's a story you could understand at some level, but when you're in the internet, you don't know if the person who's writing on creepypasta uh, is telling the truth or is lying. And they're almost always lying, but kids are so used to believing things and believing in people that yes. they don't have that filter of this is a book, this is a movie, this is contained by the book or by the movie. Uh, this is on the internet so what's telling the kid that that's not real that that's a lie and a story that is being told they don't have that filter well and then kids lie to other kids and i exactly. mean th not to say that doesn't happen with adults but many kids would even propagate this in a way of saying like oh i met slender man or like i met momo or so something like that that then once again brings it into a realm of reality well, look at like when, you know, when I was a kid, um, you would get these playground before even before the Internet it, it, concerning video games, you get the playground rumors. Mario 64 L is real. Uh, you know, Luigi can be played in Mario 64. Well, <laughs> Luigi could never be played in Mario 64. There was no it was just like it was just the rumor on the playground, but it was at every school in the world. Or, you know, you could meet Yoshi in Mario 64. And then that turned out to be real. And so you didn't know who was telling you the truth at that point or um, the nude Raider code for Lara Croft. You could see. Yeah, you could see Lara Croft's uh, boobies if you wanted to. And that was a big thing with all the middle school boys. How do we get that code? How do we see that? Surfing Pikachu. And it was, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I want to see or those square boobs. <laughs> yeah. Hook your eye out, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, those really low polygon. It really, it really gets you. <laughs> and it was all, I mean, it was all over the place. I mean, it wasn't just one school. It was every school across America at that time. Everyone drew those weird S's. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the super S is what, what we call it. That, that happened here, actually. So if you just want to check what happened also all across the ocean, we also had the yeah. S. I, I remember when I was little. It was worldwide. I, I went, yeah, yeah. But I was, uh, I went to a Catholic school for like all the school years. So with nuns and everything, it was kind of fun. But I remember, <laughs> I remember in, I think I was eight because uh, school systems are different, but I think it was, I was eight and I wanted to scare uh, my, my classmates. 
So I don't know, I still don't know where I got the idea, but I faked a Ouija game with my classmates one day. <laughs> and I almost got um, out of school because of that, because, you know, Catholic school. But, <laughs> you know, like... Uh, business. <laughs> yes, yes. But it was, you know, like, you wanted to scare your peers. You wanted to, like, some kids were deemed cool if uh, they knew the coolest stories and sometimes the coolest stories were the scary ones, you know, because you <laughs> the ones got where they everyone's almost died. attraction. <laughs> yes, yes. That, <laughs> that you got all the kids in your class just looking at you and when you're eight or you're 10, that's what half the kids want, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we're getting kind of close to your your heart out for for today, so we should probably go ahead and say goodbye to you before you... Um, or late to whatever you need to get to. Yes, yes. So I think you're going to talk a little bit about the Majora's Mask. I'm yes. sad to miss that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I, I, we tried to tried to fit fit it in for for you, but yeah, we're we're gonna be talking about that after um, you head out here. But um, go check out. Uh, sorry, I forgot. I took down my notes again. Dose after you. Um, where yes. where can they where can uh, everybody find you at? Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, almost everywhere. It's just a horror audio drama, both in English and Spanish. And it follows uh, Dick, the main protagonist, who's falling in love with a god, and he is hunting him across Europe. And he has his reasons. So <laughs> that's kind of the idea. Europe and horror and a lot of emotional issues, which is always nice for horror. <laughs> All right. So, so thank you so much. Have fun the rest of the the podcast. It was so good to be here and talk about the Slenderman and other stuff. Yeah, and- <laughs> it was it was great. Had uh, great uh, great having you here. And uh, I'll message you later on where you can send your side of the recording so I can get that and put it in the show. Perfect, perfect. So just enjoy the rest, and I will listen to you later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye bye. See you later, Marcus. Oh well, I'm Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's <me>, David. <laughs> I'm cutting. I'm not cutting people out of the show already. <laughs> He's assuming control. <laughs> no. <laughs> Spiky Activewear has something for everyone. Chasing a promiscuous team through the woods, the Crystal Lake Hiker is designed just for you with a lug sole that's great for crushing skulls and a super lightweight upper that lets you move quickly without seeming to. Spiky, just kill them. All right, well, yes, and now we have another thing to talk about, which is the Majora's Mask creepypasta, Ben Drowned. Are, Are you familiar with this one at all? Yes, this is good. Now, this is weird because it goes from uh, creepy pasta, you know, basically what I would say is a is a creepy pasta. Yes, and then it goes on a full on just production. Yeah, it's a whole I mean, it ARG goes, now. It's and it's still ongoing, evidently. Yeah, I mean, it just went from you know simply a guy. I mean, I'll let y'all do the intro and everything, but it goes simply from from a guy finding a you know a haunted you know game. To yeah. cults and end of the world and things like that. I don't. E- I mean, I don't even know. I can't even keep up with it now. It's so involved.
And we have a great segue into this because this became one of those playground stories kids would pass from one another along with the like L is real stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this became one of them. <laughs> yeah, but it at a much later time because apparently this actually didn't even start until 2010. <laughs> it's, yes, yes. Um, yeah. It, it's I mean, it seems I mean, the, the first part of it seems, you know, you know, seems slightly plausible. I mean, it just does. But yeah, then it, just gets, it just gets more and more insane. So in the beginning, it was just this kid, this guy who just moved into his dorm room. Um, he had he was um, he, he got his uh, uh, Nintendo 64 from his friend um, and he was driving around the neighborhood and saw some guy just like selling some stuff. And the guy he asked if he added any games and the guy's like, Oh yeah, I, I, I have something. And it's just, uh, he gave him like a blank, like gray cartridge, like a typical Nintendo cart 64 cartridge. And all it had said on it was just like in black Sharpie, it just said Majora. And, uh, he was like, Oh sweet. I'm going to play this game. He goes home and he notices that there's a save game on it that just says Ben, um, and uh, so he, he deleted that and started a new game. And you kind of noticed, like, as he was playing, there were some glitches, like audio th things and weird, like, cutscenes playing out of place for some reason. But he just kind of chalked it up just as being an old game. Because um, he, he didn't even know if the, the cartridge would work because it was just old. Uh, when the guy had given it to him, he said he heard him saying goodbye then. Um, but after he saw the save file being named Ben, he thought that the guy was saying goodbye, Ben, which we kind of get into that later where when stuff starts happening. So he he's playing this game. He gets to the lens of truth and he's completing the Snowhead Temple and he he isn't quite done with the game. So he tries to do like the fourth day glitch, which is where you um you look through a telescope at the right right time when the countdown disappears. You essentially get a diff, an, an extra day to finish the game, which is pretty a pretty good glitch if you didn't finish up the game yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Because um, Majora's Mask is one of those games where you have a limited time to complete it because the moon is crashing into the planet. Um, and so he, he exited the telescope... And instead of being the, this, the astronomer being there, um, he's suddenly in the Majora boss fight room at the end of the game and staring at Skull Kid, which is hovering above him. And there's no sound. It was just him floating there. And Skull Kid never appeared there, which was weird. And he tried moving around, but Skull Kid would always be facing him, looking at him. So I guess he would basically staring at the screen, essentially. Or out of the screen is what I'm interpreting that as. Right. And so when he was about to reach for the reset button, some text popped up saying, you're not sure why, but you apparently had a reservation. And he recognized the text at a spot from earlier in the game. And then another text popped up saying, go to the lair of the temple's boss. Yes, no, he... He goes, of course, he goes, yes. And so then text pops up saying dawn of a new day. And then their subtext was just a bunch of vertical lines. Um, 
And so he just gets like this really weird depression. This is like, he can't describe it. Just like, he just feels weirdly depressed. And so he appears in front of like the, the, the zone, a weird twilight version, a twilight version of the zone clock town. And everybody was gone. There was nobody in the game. So it's like, yeah, first you're reading this and you're like, man, this game is really like fucked up. <laughs> this game got really messed yeah, up. Exactly. It, it all still feels plausible at this point. Um, the music was different. Um, it was like a song, the song of healing, but playing in reverse and the music just kept getting louder and louder. Like something was going to pop out, but nothing ever did. Um, and it would just start back over again. Um, at some point he walked through the town and the, the textures were weird that the melody was weird. And he says he was like on the verge of crying and he says he's never like had to cry for a game before. <laughs> so this, this is really strange. Um, so he let's see what where did i go next so he tried playing his ocarina to escape um but every time we tried to play the song of song of soaring it would say your notes echo far but nothing happens um so after that he felt it would be he was vulnerable to be there to do whatever he was terrified of so he came up with the idea that maybe if he drowned himself at the laundry pool i could spawn somewhere else and leave this place so he ran towards the pool and link grabbed his head and the screen flashed for a brief moment and the happy mask salesman smiling smiling at me and then the skull kid scream playing in the background and when the screen returned <laughs> he was staring at the Link statue from play from playing this the Elegy of Emptiness. He's the happy mass salesman's based off Miyamoto, so Oh really? <laughs> okay. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so he turned around and backed out into the, the South Clock Town and um the statue followed him, kind of like the weeping angels from Doctor Who. So every every it would just jump at random intervals and the animation would play the statue appearing behind him. It was like it was chasing him. And so not even once did he like even thought of turning the console off. He just got so wrapped up in it that he just kept going in this game. So he's trying to get away from the statue and Link started making these weird animations that he never did before. Like his arm would start spasming and the screen would cut to happy mask salesman smiling again for a brief moment. <laughs> <laughs> and then he ran into the Swordmaster's dojo and then ran to the back. And so, and there was nobody there. So he was confused, ran back into another corner, and the statue was just there waiting to kill him. Just like Slenderman. Yeah, just like Slenderman. Uh, just like Slenderman. Suddenly the screen <laughs> flashed again and to the Happy Mask Salesman. There's a lot of, a lot of flashing to the Happy Mask Salesman. Um, and then Link... Link's face turned to the screen, standing upright, and mirrored this the statue, and started like staring through the screen directly at this guy. Um, and so he ran out of the dojo, terrified. The game warped him to an underground tunnel, and the reverse song of healing queued up again. And he was given a brief minute of rest before the statue started started appearing behind him again, but more aggressively. He would only take a few steps before it summoned behind him again. 
Just like when you get more pages in Slenderman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's some weird parallels here. Um, so he ran out of the tunnel, appeared in South Clocktown again, and he just aimlessly was running. Um, uh, a re-dead screamed at the screen and faded to black as dawn of the new day and the vertical lines appeared again. And so then... This time when he spawned back in, he was on top of the clock tower and Skull Kid was hovering over him. And he looked up and the moon was just above his head. And Skull Kid was just staring at him and a different song was playing. The Stone Tower Temple played in reverse. And so he tried shooting at the Skull Kid and he just kind of like bounced back, but nothing really happened. And it said, that won't do you any good. Hee hee. And then he was picked up by the ground um upwards of his back and then link just like screamed and burst into flames and it's like this is really weird like this okay like this is where it starts going beyond where it's like this is just some old glitchy game to like what what is going on in this game <laughs> it's, it's like spontaneous combustion yeah all that and all kinds of fun so things. yeah and he kept spawning back in and every single time he did anything that you know, link would just explode in flames um even trying to use the Ocarina of Time. And he tried to play the Song of Time. And before he hit the last note, he would just explode into flames and die. Um, but then this time, as he, after he played that, the screen, as the death screen neared its end, it began to like slow down as if the cartridge was trying to process a, a, a quote, a lot of something. Then the screen came to, and it was the same scene as the first three times, except this time Link was lying on the ground dead in a position that you'd never seen it before with his face, his head tilted towards the camera and the skull kid floating above him. And he couldn't move. He couldn't do press any of the buttons. He was just staring at Link's dead body. And in 30 seconds of this, the same game simply fades out with, you've met with a terrible fate, haven't you, before kicking you out to the title screen. And when he went back into the game, the only save file there was was replaced with something in all capital letters saying your turn. And it had three hearts, zero masks and no items. And uh, every time he selected that save file, it just went back to the clock tower rooftop with Link's dead body and the Skull Kid hovering over him with Skull Kid laughing, looping over and over again. And uh, so he turned the game off and turned it back on. And now the game Ben was back, which is he had deleted Ben and it was back. Ooh, was, ben is back. Ben's back. <laughs> um, so he he's writing down his thoughts and in recording what happened after this, because he shut the game back off after that and posted it onto the slash X board, which I presume is 4chan. Mm-hmm. Is uh what it, what one was X? I'm not familiar with that. Is that just like the horror subboard or something? Only thing I remember about or maybe this it was a creep, is, uh, copy paste. Um, yeah, could, the only thing I remember about this is like the 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 story that I always hear is it's he posts the four chan and doesn't really it's kind of vague on what it is on everything I've seen. It's just he goes to four chan to get help. Yeah, so he he posts on four chan. And and there's there's no like anything else of him replying or anything. It's just this is the raw text of what he posted to the 4chan. And that was on September 7th, 2010. And September 8th in 2010, he made another post 
saying how he went back to playing again. Um, he had a dream that he remember seeing a statue or a yeah, horrible lifeless statue and he called it Ben and he drove back to that neighborhood that he, that that guy was at and um no one was there and there was a guy out there mowing his lawn he asked the guy what happened to the person he said oh he moved out um and so he asked him if he if he happened to know anything about a, a Ben and the guy said that there's someone there's a family a couple doors down that years ago on a specific day April 23rd that was this, it was apparently the same day as this random guy's anniversary which was just weird a weird detail to add to this but um that there's an accident with a young boy named Ben in in the neighborhood and after, shortly after that the parents moved away so no one really knows anything more beyond that and he went back to the game and so instead of um, instead of your turn or Ben being displayed as the save file, it fluctuated between the, it looked like, um, actually, no, this was, um, both of them were there. It says your turn and Ben were there this time. And so he booted up Ben <laughs> and was thrust into chaos. Um, he was outside the stone temple. The zone itself was called stone tower temple, but, or wasn't called stone tower temple, but was just stone with spaces between the names or between the letters and then a bunch of gibberish that you couldn't read and then link's distorted body was just there link's description this disc, expression was a dull monotonous face um had like a blank look and his body just spasm irregularly back and forth um and he had a a sea item that he had never seen before and it looked like a note but nothing happened when he pressed it um and then sounds played back and forth that he didn't recognize in the game um and he so he took a few minutes to take in the environment before another one of those elegy of emptiness statues summoned in immediately after he was cut into the dawn of the new day screen except this time it was without the the vertical lines subtext um trying to skip ahead here because this is so long <laughs> i didn't want to just read the whole I know, thing it's so complicated that's the that's that's what's always made it a, an obstacle to cover on my shows it's a I lot try keep, <laughs> i try to keep it within 30 minutes and it's just like there is just just, so just reading it there. alone would take more than that <laughs> yeah um so the, he gets to a point where the he he got back to this press start screen and that was after he um after that was after he had died from the statue apparently <laughs> and so he he's back at the start screen he pressed start and the new the new save files told him about about Ben it made sense why the statue appeared when he tried to go to the laundry pool the game must have anticipated how how, how I would have tried to escape the day four clock town uh, the two save files told me as fate as suspected Ben was dead. He had drowned. The game obviously isn't through with me. It taunts me with new save files. It wants me to keep playing. It wants me to go further, but I'm done with this shit. I'm not touching any more files. This is already way too horrifying for me, and I don't even believe in the paranormal. I'm just, I'm running out of explanations. Why would somebody send this me this message? I don't understand it. I just get too depressed thinking about this. The footage is up there for those who want to see it, and they did analyze and try and analyze it. 
Maybe there's some kind of coded message in the gibberish or something symbolic of what I went through. I'm too emotionally and mentally drained to fuck with it anymore. And he posted on the third day on another on September 10th. Um, he said that he was up all night. He's, he's trying to get their word out. Um, he apparently he did some stuff what people told him to do. He tried playing the um, Elegy of Emptiness song at the first prompt by the game that he was given. Um, so now he feels like Ben is following him. He's following him in his dreams. He sees Ben all the time behind his back watching him. Uh, he hasn't gone to any classes. He stays in his dorm room with the windows closed and the blind shut. Um, so he knows he can't watch him, but he still gets, he gets, he gets them when he plays. He can, he can see, sees them when he plays. Uh, and so now he's like, he posts out, he's like, stuff like this doesn't happen to me. I'm, I'm just a kid. I'm not old, not even old enough to drink yet. It's not fair. I want to go home. <laughs> I want to see my parents again. <laughs> I haven't even got to hallucinate properly. <laughs> so then the the next post was actually from like his roommate um, because his roommate, his roommate made a post here and explained that the guy who was referred to as jet jet usable. Um, he yeah, always pronounced it just Jade usable. Jade usable. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Weird... How, I don't know how to pronounce it, but I, it just that feels right to me. Yeah. So he posted about him. Said he, he's he's moved. He's with his parents. He's back home. Um, I he gave me this like this um these things to post here, and um some videos and some specific instructions. Um, but he just said that he he hasn't reached out to him yet, but. He's just kind of following his instructions. Um, so then the next post was the next day or actually not the next day. It was on September 15th and it was just the copy and paste of what uh, what he had gone through. So the Jade Usable had basically written down all of his his encounters at starting at some point where um uh, September 7th is when he started documenting stuff and his first post was on September 7th. So he did start the documentation early. And so he mentioned all like their specific times talking about like, Oh, he could have sworn that he saw the elegy statue buried in some shrubbery staring at him go while he was on the subway. Um, he connected his capture card to the computer to upload footage that he, he had played, but his computer froze I uh, made a weird sound when he hooked everything up, and now it seems to be working fine again. Um, he complimented the quality of the footage, saying it looked better than he thought it would be. Um, he started uploading to his YouTube video on an alternate account, um, but he had like some weird some videos that he doesn't remember putting on there. Um, but then the next day, he has a dream about the statue, dream that is following him in his dream. Says he doesn't want to play the game again. And he's been getting random inexplicable headaches due to lack of sleep. And then his computer just, he got on his computer and just randomly on its own, a text document opened up and it said the words hi. And then www.cleverbot.com. And at this point I was like, wait a minute, is this an advertisement for Cleverbot? <laughs> yeah. At that point, <laughs> he was like, wait a minute. This is all an elaborate ruse to 
to pump those Cleverbot numbers. Right? <laughs> so he's chatting with Cleverbot, and Cleverbot claims that he's he's Ben, essentially. And he says that he's just doing it just because he's he just wants to, it's amusing to scare people. And so he comes to the conclusion that now Ben is is on his computer, not only just the game, he transferred him via connecting the cables up to the computer to record footage. So now Ben is just a virus that's haunting the entire internet. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I've surmised from that. Is Ben actually Slenderman? Maybe. No, maybe. (laughs) Could be. (laughs) This is is real Slenderman origin. And so... (laughs) He, he, after that, he closed the window. He says, what have I done? I've invited it onto com- my computer. I can't need to write these notes, write my summaries. I feel like I'm a prisoner in my own, my one place of security. <laughs> um, so then Ben called him the, um, clever bot again. He was terrified. Um, and he, he ignored it, but he got called the clever bot again. So he typed in, fuck you, Ben. I'm not talking to you. Fuck you, Ben. I'm not talking. And then in capital letters, fuck you, Ben. I'm not talking to you. Fuck you, Ben. I'm not talking to you. And the messages from Ben stopped. And he's thought, oh, maybe he isn't, he, he isn't just confined to his computer slash cartridge. He's starting to feel something. It's hard to explain. I've never been spiritual, but there's something different about the air in my dorm now. And so he's starting to see like apparitions of the elegy statue as he searches the internet in places that he shouldn't, he shouldn't be. Um, and the videos that he was, he was putting up have been tampered by Ben or tampered with by Ben parts of it, parts of the video were omitted and there's no mention of Ben existing outside of the game. And there's no mention of the moon children. Um, so every time he uploaded the video, Ben was posting his own censored version. And now he thinks Ben is mad at him. <laughs> Wasn't there a point where like the friend had to like come in and interpret and be like, this is the real thing. And this has been like basically having to like separate it out and release it all in this big PDF or something. Yeah. Like there that. was like a big PDF of, of, of all the, the different, um, I didn't, and I didn't get to that one because it was, there's just so much of it. <laughs> it's, I, it's just it's like, daunting. it really is. That's, but it's, it's really creepy because it's just like, this guy is just like being, um, like harassed by Ben, essentially. <laughs> it's tormented by Cleverbot. <laughs> What's well, like, this is his descent into madness. It's like, it's just, this is supposedly the creepy pasta that sets up. Um, the framework for all creepypastas in in the future is yeah. supposed to be the one that developed all the tropes. It's the granddaddy. Uh, yes, yeah. exactly. And I mean, there's links to videos, or they're not they're not quite links, but they're just there's like different like summary of the drowned dot wmv playthrough, and then summary of children dot wmv playthrough, and so. So he on September 10th, the drowned.wmv playthrough was up when I woke up today. I remember typing it up, but don't ever remember posting it. He censored it again. There's no mentioning of the old man. I have no voice anymore. I'm only posting what he wants me to. I am the mask he uses to disguise himself as he lies. And uh, 
There's an entire video summary of a video I don't remember doing. Reading through the summary, this sounds morbid, resembling my dream from two nights ago, except for on a more sadistic scale. These moon children, there's something more to them, almost as if they're another entity from Ben. Something happened last night that I can't remember. I'm posting the full summary to the forums now. Shadow of my chair removed. Or shadow of my chair moved. So... Now he's just like giving like these like it's extreme psychological break. He's seeing a shadow of his chair moving. Um, his his notes end. He fled his room, took the cartridge with him, um, and uh, it's been days since his last kind of his his last entry. He made a video entry, Matt WM, WMV, and. He uh, he tr he it wouldn't let him look into this telescope when he went to the, to do that on the fourth day. Uh, the game would not let him do the fourth day glitch, and it told him to go to Iconic Canyon, and where the game would end and stop haunting me. So like the game is saying that it's gonna it's gonna stop haunting him, but I don't know about that. <laughs> um, so he. She so says, once once I traveled there, I learned the song. I suppose, I suppose that was the last thing it needed before Ben decided he had enough fun playing with me. Ben is a manipulator. He tries to fool his victims into security and makes you drop your guard like a Venus flytrap. He ensnares them. I'm nothing but a puppet to him. He enjoys seeing what kind of human emotions he can tap into by doing different things. Um, so after this, he says... Do not download any of my videos or anything about my videos through YouTube or video audio ripper or screen grab, whatever. I don't know how he can spread, but I know that just watching them on YouTube slash reading my text won't be able will will won't be able to allow him to spread. Otherwise, he won't have needed my help in the first place. But I strongly recommend you do not take anything you see streaming online onto your personal computer. And he says, this will be my last posting. I'm putting this on the form here for the world. If you see any further posts from me after today's current date, September 12th, and after the current time, 12.08, discredit them. It already has proven to me that Ben can access my account slash password and manipulate my computer. And like I said, I have no idea what extent it can do. I know that it will do anything to break free. He's desperate to ensure your safety. Just forget about me, please. And obviously this goes without saying, but from here on out, do not download any images. I have put up any files on or anything. This fifth day will be my last day. I'm going to burn the cartridges and come back to destroy my laptop again, even though I don't even know you or this sort of or and and this is bittersweet for me this semester. I really didn't have any friends or rather I stopped paying attention to them, but I suppose that's partially blame because I'm the genius who picked to live in, in a single. I suppose someone got a hold of me and saved me before I got too immersed in this game would have literally saved my life. However, it proved too much for me. I'm just glad it happened to me and I could get the warning out so that Ben dies here. Lastly, thank you for taking this time to open this and open yourselves up to me by hearing my story, despite maybe you not believing me. You did not have to do that. Really, you shouldn't have. Your support this entire time has kept me going, and now I'm finally free of this. Thanks, Jade, Jade Usable. So, <laughs> and what I thought was interesting was the fact that this spawned an ARG, because even in the fact that it's ongoing, because somebody had posted 18 days ago on where I read this at, 
was, I like how that most of you pastafarians consider the pasta is actually just the truth.rtf combined with the summaries from x slash x. This is only the beginning. You're missing out, honestly. And then somebody replied, are you seriously gatekeeping the pasta just because it's an ongoing ARG? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like... Like, don't worry, the story you you don't know uh, the half of what's going on. I know the truth. So this has basically been going since 2010. Then, if that's still ongoing, which is insane, because I have ten years. That's correct. I have no idea what's been happening since then, because I remember this original stuff, but I don't know what happened after this. He's he's taken it in such a weird direction. It's it went from just the summaries I've read. It's gone from basically the the ghost story end of it. And then it goes into an art. He separated into like almost like anime arcs. Okay. Like, you know, the ghost story is anime is like arc one. <laughs> and so he gets in the foot and at the end he has the big confrontation with the big bad and it's Ben. Well, the new <laughs> villain that comes up after Ben is like this cult. Huh? Said yeah, the moon so children. <laughs> it's the moon children. That's exactly the moon children that they've mentioned previously. So you get the hint in arc one about the next big bad, which is the moon children. And the so- Akatsuki got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They are, yeah, they're like the uh, Naruto Akatsuki, yeah. basically, or or the Dragon Ball Z Frieza Force, or what, the, the whatever your favorite. And- <laughs> I see some other comments like they're like, oh man, I can't wait till they use Breath of the Wild for this. That'll be amazing. God, <laughs> oh please don't, please don't. Ben doesn't have then- access to Breath of the Wild yet. Yeah, well, the Switch is wireless, so. <laughs> Exactly. He could hop in through the Wi-Fi. Ben will get in the Wi-Fi and it'll it'll go to Breath of the Wild. But what's weird about it, it goes from the Moon Children and then it's just like the ARG is like, okay, we're now divorcing ourselves from reality in Arc 3, which is where we're at. It's like this is an alternate reality now. Okay. The world is in where the world is ending, which is pretty appropriate for 2020. Um <laughs> but we're in the third Everything is occurring in Majora's Mask, as was foretold, and now the moon is going to crash into the earth and destroy us all. And I'm like, (laughs) and so now it's these new characters that are trying to stop, you know, the moon crashing into the earth and, you know, this end of the world apocalypse that's coming and. It's just I don't I just don't know what direction it's going in anymore beyond the ghost. Story. Yeah, ARGs are so yeah. insane. I could I can't ever wrap my head around them because there's so much involved in and and part of this part of the like I guess the story is being involved with actually solving it. So it's like when you're reading about it after the fact, you're like, what? What's going? What is happening? <laughs> they did what? It's, yeah, you have to you have to go on and play the codes and everything. And I guess that's the. That's the, you know, the great part about it. But, you know, for all of us that just want the story part of it, we're just like, where are we at and what day is Yeah, it? what's and, going on? It's yeah. It's like the, the Frog Fractions ARG <laughs> for Frog <laughs> Fractions 2. That was insane. But I just, yeah, the, the ARG, I know they're, um, Aiden, who's like one of the, the co-founders of uh, Lick Gaming Arena, he, um, or he's the original founder of Lick Gaming Arena. He, he's super into ARGs. So like he'll post like links and send them to me. He's like, look at this ARG. It's going on right now. This could be fun. And I'm like, I just, I don't have the time <laughs> to do any of that stuff. <laughs> like you have to like know what you're doing and spend so much time. And there's always like so much stuff to read through and so many videos to watch. And then you're like, oh, I got to deconstruct this website and look at the code that makes 
makes up the website. <laughs> like, oh, it's and and the decrypt the the binary or hexadecimal stuff inside. Then yeah, it's weird. And I really don't have the skills to do that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a not a programmer. I'm yeah, I'm just a guy who likes words. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. I'm not even like I I know like some of that stuff, but I'm just I'm like yeah. It's it's too much for me. I don't have like I don't have the mind to think outside the box to figure out some of these problems that that are presented and it's some of them are so far reaching into like the frog fractions one was like all the clues were hidden in several games like tons and tons of different games that you had and you had to do very specific things across these games in order for them to essentially what would have ultimately happened is that once a certain goal was reached the um the frog fractions two would automatically be released on steam <laughs> wow and it was like a very specific set of events had to happen in order for that and nobody even knew if frog fractions 2 was real <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> and then it happened it's like you just gotta you gotta follow the trail and then hopefully the treasure will come out. yeah and it's like who knows what like you don't know what games are involved with the arg like he contacted so many uh so many game developers that were willing to do something to to have to be part of that ARG. I can't remember what the ARG was called. See, that's just always like, it, it almost is like breathing magic into the world or like that, that magical thought. Yeah. And, and almost leads into just buying into cons conspiratorial thought because like something like frog fractions being real in the way it was that, is like that it's such a weird thing but it happened <laughs> and that's kind of like you know suspension of disbelief with this uh ben story you know <laughs> yeah exactly i mean it's just like how far do you you know in what effect is that going to have on somebody who has that conspiratorial mindset it's like oh my gosh we're you know i found the next clue and it's you know we're basically the government's you know gonna plant microchips in our brain or whatever because i found this hidden clue in this game or whatever i mean conspiracy is real well and then almost like th thinking that you're a main character in just a story like, <laughs> like being yeah the like, hero I'm on, a, I'm on a quest doing a thing <laughs> i'm like it's yeah, very delusional but yeah the hero complex i mean where do you what happens at, at that point you know when you're thinking i'm the chosen one i'm the only one that can decode that yeah, it's an interesting thought line. It's very, it's very interesting. Like the, the one of the the ARGs for Frog Fractions Two involved, like they're they're um they're high, they hid parts of Frog Fractions Two within several games on Steam, which included Crypt of the Necro Dancer, the Magic Circle, Quadrilateral Quadrilateral Cowboy, Dusker's Firewatch, and Moon Hunters, and um, different parts of an Eye Sigil graphic were found, um, and then they direct players to a portion of a map on the game which eventually pointed to the real life locations and yeah so it gets really insane and the final piece of that puzzle was um something that was hidden within glitter mitten grove which was a game made by a friend of the original creator of frog fractions and it was released um a few weeks prior to the arg's comp completion but like once once that was found and or completed in glitter mitten grove the uh, frog fractions 2 was like um automatically released on december 26 
it's very, very weird stuff. Very interesting. Uh, it, I don't know how long it took for this to get solved, but it was, it was while I think it started like the start of it was frog fractions. One is <laughs> <was> really, <laughs> I mean, like what happens at that point? Once you, you know, I mean, is there going to be a next, you know, is there another, does, how far do you take it? Do you, I mean, do you go over multiple games or what do you do at that? Point? Yeah, it's really weird. And uh, supposedly <laughs> I, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I listen to giant bomb and they, they, they talk about it a lot when it comes up and supposedly there's new deals. There's, there's like hat, some sort of hat DLC for frog fractions too. And supposedly the hat DLC is like, technically frog fractions nine <laughs> i don't know how any of, wow. i don't know how any of it works <laughs> it's it's i have the hat dlc and it, it is it makes the game a totally different game it starts normal and then ends up completely different that's so weird i gotta i gotta play those i never actually played any of them but yeah that's Crazy. These these creepy pastas. I feel like I mean, just reading up on this one and even Slenderman, like Slenderman spawned an ARG or are creepy pastas just an intro to ARGs? <laughs> kind of like it I could said, be. Yeah, I think it is that magical thought that gets it, like it's breathing magic into the world by creating the ARG surrounding like. I think the creepypasta starts as just, you know, it's just a writing like scary story or in the case of Slenderman, this scary image and then people adding to the mythos behind that. But then when the ARG gets created, it's a way of making the Tulpa, like bringing it into reality, making the Tulpa real. In yeah. A way. It goes beyond. Yeah, it's almost like it goes beyond the spirituality of the Tulpa and it goes to like, you know, the, the uh, you know, a, a more physical manifestation, something that maybe, you know, you know, a skeptic or non-believer would be more, um, you know, more into, uh, you know, accepting at that point. And it could be an interesting thing to, um, you know, explore in communication theory and write maybe somebody, you know, maybe somebody who's studying, you know, video games and media could write a paper on that, you know, about how they, you know, how, you know, a, a story manifests into the physical world after it's just placed out there. Yeah, that's really it's very fascinating. It's it's really cool <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, I I love creepy pastas. Even though I don't usually read stuff, I I always get really sleepy when I read things. So it's it's hard for me to focus on it. But I always love hearing about them. I always just like the the aftermath. The aftermath, or, you know, like it's just the, the yeah, stories yeah. people tell afterwards. Yeah, what's interesting, you know, and this is we we talked about, you know. Ben Drowned being the template, you know, the one that comes out, comes before and sets all the tropes up. So we get the tropes going and you start thinking you, you basically have things that happen. You have, you know, the haunted video game, which is a big trope in creepypasta. Yep. And then you have the haunted video game bleeds into the, you know, bleeds into the real, real world. Uh, well, I start seeing the statue in the bushes. Yeah. My computer starts acting weird. The shadow behind me starts moving. Um, you know, those are all tropes. And then f finally, the descent into madness. Um, you know, I can't distinguish reality uh, from virtual reality at that point. And then you're you're basically um, at that point, you know, just falling at your other other creepy pastas come along and follow that template. Yeah. I mean, 
you even have them like going into um morrow wind and different things like that you yeah. know you know making monsters that do the same thing you know that's similar to what ben does i mean it's just totally interesting how that that one story spawned entire subgenre in creepypasta yeah and you see it with like tv media too where like there's something similar with that uh the spongebob one <laughs> squidward like committing suicide yeah that's what that's yeah there's like the the creepy squidward yeah. one and then like it just starts like you know well maybe i can apply this to a different you know medium other than video games you know at that yeah point. and i always find it fascinating that it is usually a like it, it it's like a childhood like touch yeah it's like a kid's thing oh, like something that was like innocent that, that is somehow oh, been, like twisted and darker than it it seems, you know. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's one of the that's another you know key thing about a creepy pasta. I think uh, one of my favorites that I covered on the show is called it's about Pokemon. It's called the Lavender Tones, and supposedly if you go to Lavender Town, there's a there's a song there that was originally in the original Pokemon um, that was over in the Japanese release, and there they basically had to change the song. Because it's that song allegedly, um, you know, calls, you know, kids over in Japan to go crazy and to kill oh, themselves. Wow. Well, that never really that never happened. <laughs> That's the whole thing. It, it never happened. What really happened was, is that um, there was an episode of Pokemon with it and it was with the, you know, the Porygon where they had these flashes up and it was so intense. Kids started having seizures and getting sick. And so they had to change that episode and it was had nothing to do with the game or the music, but somebody took that story and it just completely changed and, uh, you know, completely changed into a brand new creepypasta at that point that we're talking about, you know, going to Lavender Town and hearing music that makes us go crazy because Lavender Town is such a creepy place because that's where the ghost Pokemon live. Well, yeah. They have changed the Lavender sound, like the Lavender town song over the years mm -hmm. and uh and that becomes like once again that weird like taking a myth and then bre breathing it into reality or giving some credence to myths um of like ac acting on these things or changing something that then people will point to as a touchstone to be like see that means it was real <laughs> um and that becomes like a lot of hotels not having a 13th floor, like due to just weird superstitions. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That Lavender Town music always like it's it's still here in my head. <laughs> it's so creepy. <laughs> yes. And it's like a traditional Japanese song, too, which is what makes it even creepier. But like that town was always just so creepy. You just got that, that tower in the middle of everywhere and you're just, you know, this all the dead Pokemon and they're like, wait, I just thought they fainted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they die. If you try hard enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Only if you're really evil. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Did, did, is there anything else that we, we should cover for this episode or you think we, we about covered it up or uncovered it, I guess I, more like. It, <laughs> it, I, do it all. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I mean, I just find that, you know, Ben Drowned is just such a complicated narrative and it's just, you know, the first part of it with the, the haunted thing, uh, 
you know, another thing I want to touch on with, um, you know, Ben Drowned is the aspect of, you know, the boy in the box, oh, uh, which okay. is a it's a it's an idea that is like, you know, a ghost that possesses something, an object or something along those lines. It's an object that has basically come down through the years, um, you know, you know, the the possessed doll or the possessed toy. There's several stories in the gaming community about possessed cartridges. You got the Ben Drowned, and then you have a, a story that's, you know, supposedly real of a, a Miss Pac-Man machine in the Boston area that supposedly had a um, kid that was, you know, that possessed it. And guy buys it, takes it to, to his home, um, it switches on, switches off by itself. Huh. And then one day his wife is folding laundry looks over in the quarter and sees this shadow figure with red eyes. And it's like, we've got to get rid of this thing. And so he puts it on, he puts it on Craigslist as, you know, for sale haunted miss Pac-Man machine. Uh, we don't want it in our house anymore. And, you know, basically at that point in time, is it just good marketing to sell that as a haunted miss Pac-Man machine? Or is there a true story of there of this boy in the box? Reminds me of Annabelle. And, yeah. And you also had in the 1980s, uh, the Berserk Curse, where um, supposedly a kid played Berserk to a point where he died uh, from a heart attack because he stood there for hours upon hours trying to beat this high score. And then you have another case of Berserk, which is a uh, you know old 1980s game where you blow up robots, <laughs> where a kid you know basically is supposedly standing in front of uh, the machine, and uh, you know he gets a, the score of. 1666 or something yeah. like that. You know, you get the 666 <laughs> in there and then he drives drives away from the arcade in Virginia Beach and crashes into a tree and wow. dies from that. And then finally you get the, you know, the untold story of the Berserk Curse, which is, you know, they're at the original place where the original kid died in this uh in Calumet City, Indiana at Friar Tuck's arcade. And these kids are playing Berserk. It's get in the late 80s at this point. This game is not popular anymore. Well, kids playing and some other kid wants to play it. Kind of this local tough, you know, local tough guy. And they get into a fight. And so this other kid, after playing Berserk, uh, you know, finds the kid that he got in a scuffle with and stabs him. Oh, wow. and, and that's a true story. Uh, the other aspects, you know, the first part is true where the kid, you know, basically had a heart attack and died in front of the, you know, the machine. But the second one where the kid dies in a car wreck, that's not true, but there are two stories linked to that, you know, where it's like, there was a curse on this machine. Is there something living in this machine? And is something, you know, trying to kill people for playing this game. So it's an interesting story. Yeah, it is really all around. It is really interesting. And, and I think it goes back to all the, you know, in folklore, there's these, you know, the story of the Dybbuk. That's uh, a demon that's kept in a box that basically if you let the demon out of the box, um, it's going to cause, you know, it's going to wreak havoc on your life. It's going to curse you. I think a lot of people have heard about the Dybbuk from, you know, the ghost adventures, which is. You know, and Post Malone touched the touched the box and he's cursed and everything. But at that point, you know, it goes back to the idea of the boy in the box is something in inside these machines, inside these items that uh, basically is is 
going it's paranormal and causes all this stuff and it's just an interesting you know thing in folklore and storytelling that we we continue on even into our modern day uh technology that's complicated and you know sometimes we just can't explain yeah well i think that's a really really good note to leave off this podcast on um so Thanks for thanks for joining us. It's really great having you on for this. Um, you definitely know oh, no more problem. about this than I do for sure. <laughs> but <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, just, just, it's only you do a yeah. podcast on it for two years. You you yeah. get it. You get it in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I can't imagine the amount of reading you have to do in order to to be up on all of that. <laughs> oh, it's it's research intensive, and you know, but once you you know you do once you get the research going, it gets in your mind and you can basically come back and talk about, it makes it easier to, you know, basically sit here and just have a fun conversation about it one day with you guys. <laughs> um, it's more, it's more of a literary, I don't see it more of a, I see it more as a, of a literary process and entertainment process than I do, uh, you know, a paranormal research okay. process. And so just a way of, in, a different way of, you know, interpreting stories and interpreting um, the world, you know, that we've had around here. Yeah. So, um, you are from the cabinet podcast. So where can people find you at? Uh, we, you can check me out at the cabinet podcast, www.thecabinetpodcast.com. And we are, uh, part of the, all the horror, uh, segment this year, the, uh, the movement, the, uh, yearly thing. So follow all the horror, uh, at all the ATH horror, uh, 18, uh, basically watching that Twitter feed or, um, when, when my, our episode is going to air, I think it is going to be mid October. Okay. If I recall from the, from the, um, uh, from the schedule, we, we do something a little different for our Halloween specials than what the t show typically is, which is telling, uh, gaming folklore and gaming ghost stories and creepy pastas in 30 minutes <laughs> We basically take a theme uh, for our Halloween episode, let our uh, let other podcasts, let our listeners come in and do stories of their own. I do a story based around a theme. And this theme is video. This year's theme is video game grindhouse. And basically we are exploring uh, stories related to uh, horror stories that will be related to uh, video game movies and video games turned into movies. So if you want to take, if anybody wants to do a submission there, they can do that. Deadline will be um, October 9th. And so if you can get me a copy of a story or a uh, one to two minute trailer for uh, a grindhouse trailer for a video game or video game horror story, um, I will take that up until midnight on October 9th. And you can send that. To T Gibson, T G I B S O N, at thecabinetpodcast.com. And you can listen to the show on the regular at uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are heard. Fantastic. Yeah, that looks, that sounds really cool. I'm looking forward to listening to that when it comes out. <laughs> I thought about, I thought oh, about recording you. one of those uh, commercial, but I have no idea where I'd even start for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had uh, the the first one I've received so far is uh, somebody did uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtle and Time. Oh, really? <laughs> Turtles and Time. Yeah, and it, it's just really awesome. He's just like basically 
you know, basically compacted that into a movie trailer with sound effects and oh, everything great. like that. It it's sounds just, awesome. He's got the voice going and everything. So it's, it'll be all it's, it's, I'm, I'm expecting it's going to be a really fun episode. Yeah, I can't wait for that. They usually are. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for today. So, um, Thanks for, for thanks for listening for everyone. Uh, thanks for being here, uh, Tim. And uh, once again, make sure you're following the at at ath horror eighteen. Is that what it is on Twitter? Or I the, think so. But if it's incorrect, we'll just uh, we'll edit it out and post. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, it's actually we'll put a little robot voice it's saying just what it all is. the horror eighteen, and then you could just do hashtag all the horror, and you'll find the post because they they use that hashtag for all their stuff. I mean, the hashtag is the name, too, so you'll find it. Um, and then alternative, alternatively, where you can find us is uh, you can just find, find us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, just Lit Gaming Arena. You can find us on any of your apps just by searching Lit Gaming Arena and our website, lga.gg. And you can join our Gilded server at chat.lga.gg. And I think that's going to do it. So have a have a spooky Halloween, everybody. Peace.